Hi, I'm Nicole. And I'm Monica. And we're two fangirls who like to talk about media and knit. This is our podcast, While We Were Knitting. This month, we watched In the Heights, the movie based on the Lin-Manuel Miranda musical. The movie focuses on four people in their 20s, Usnavi, Vanessa, Benny, and Nina, and their dreams and struggles in Washington Heights. So this month, while we watched this movie, I knit the Bubble Up Towel by Susan Looney, and I also spun. I knit um, part of a sort of a very simple brioche hat with a brim, and I started the Carbeth sweater. So Monica, I had not been previously exposed to this musical. Had you seen it before or listened to the soundtrack? I had. I saw it on Broadway. The The musical has enough departure from the film that I found them enjoyable in different ways, even though obviously they have the same themes. As much music as the film had, the musical had more. There were definitely songs that were cut from the musical for the film. Mm. Between the two, which did you find? I mean, they're different, but did you like one better than the other? As a general rule, I typically prefer musicals to film. I often feel that some of the things that you just sort of accept as part of the musical experience make it believable in that setting. Whereas when you actually have to make it explicit mm-hmm. in the film, it's, it, it's harder to believe. Um, mm-hmm. So for example, for me, one of the big things is that in the very beginning, he's of the film, he's sitting on, on a beach narrating to this bunch of children in front of this like lovely little bar and mm-hmm. there's like waves crashing in the, in the background. So your assumption is obviously, you know, he's in the DR and mm-hmm. he is he has taken over Suenito. In the musical, there's none of that. He is mm. standing in the front and narrating at the audience. Yeah. So you, you don't have to explain that away <laughs> later <laughs> on, <laughs> so to speak. Yeah. yeah. No, that was actually one of the things that I think I found weakest as part of the movie was the framing device of constantly going back to the children. And I did end up looking up the Wikipedia to see what they had changed from the musical to the movie. And I was wondering, would it have worked better if he had just talked to the camera? And I think it might have. Or if he had been talking to like, like the Forrest Gump style of just random people passing through, like whoever is at the bar that moment or at the bodega or whatever. Yeah. And I, I don't think I like the children. Sorry to the children. <laughs> <laughs> I was fine with the children, but like it was very, for someone who knew how the story had was going to end, mm-hmm. like I was very surprised. I was like, what exactly is happening here? Did he mm. go to vacation in the DR? Is that why we're in this situation? I don't know. There were certain, yeah. So in general, I, I like musicals because my suspension of, theater musicals because my ability to suspend Mm. disbelief in that setting is much better than for a film. Fair. That's very fair. I also felt like one of the things that I would, was interested in is I know a lot of people saw it over the summer, but I still at that point was still kind of like afraid to go to theaters and was not feeling Mm -hmm. it with COVID. And I was watching on my TV screen and especially the scene where they have that musical number at the the pool, I was like, oh, mm-hmm. this would have been cool on a big mm-hmm. screen. This would have been very cool on a big screen. Oh, yeah. yeah. But that is I definitely, think, that is definitely true. Yeah. <laughs> I do think that they did a good job of taking advantage of the spectacle that is a lot easier to pull off in a movie or not. 
I don't know if it's easier, but you can pull it off in a movie in a way that you can't in a theater where you're in a more constrained space. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. So the, at least the musicals that I've seen of, of Lin-Manuel Miranda's, he's been, he's been very good of making use of a very limited stage and a very mm-hmm. limited set, just sort of using the, the bodies of the actors, like they lift up props, they lift up each other, things like mm-hmm. that. It definitely is nowhere near the scale of the, like, the flashiness yeah. of, the, of the scenes in the movie. And as far as like color and light and et cetera, theater can't compete with that. Of course. Um, so I did enjoy the movie quite thoroughly. I, I did like it quite a lot, even though it thematically it was, there were similar themes, but the focus on relation on different relationships was uh-huh. very different. And I'm very curious as to the reason for some of the changes. Well, it's my understanding that they, drew more into the foreground the relationship between Usnavi and Vanessa Mm -hmm. and took some of the uh, songs and storylines that Benny and Nina did in the play and gave Mm -hmm. it to them which was interesting because it It was interesting yeah no it it was interesting just because I feel like Vanessa's character was never really as well defined but that may have just been sort of my feeling I always had the okay she She's, she's very nice, but I, I'm not quite sure why these people are so into each other kind of feeling when it came to that particular romance. Mm-hmm. But that, that may just be me. I may just be critical of romance. So. No, that's fair. I think the thing about the romances for me is I am always drawn to characters who can articulate and I want, like, even mm. if I'm like, this is not something that I particularly would want, like for myself. Or even if it's something where it might not be very well defined exactly what is they want. But as mm. long as the character can say to me, I want something and I want it really bad. I'm like, mm. you have me, I am interested. In. And for me, Benny and Vanessa both were like very much I want. And mm-hmm. that made me like more drawn to them because I really mm-hmm. was like, you're telling me you want something. Tell me how you want to get it. Tell me all of this stuff. And I'm always drawn to that where... Usnavi had a I want, but it was more of a I want to return to the past, Mm -hmm. which so it felt a little more, it felt different than I want to see myself in a different future. And then Nina was obviously in a situation where she had wanted this thing and it turned out to be not what she wanted and Mm -hmm. was kind of struggling with that, which was its own storyline, but it's just for me personally, like something that I find a little less compelling. Yeah. I still completely love the story of Usnavi's name, though. <laughs> that is, yes. Someone's parents totally must have told them that story. That's not a story yeah. you make up like out of out of whole cloth. No, no, this totally happened to someone. Yeah. I looked at a boat and then I decided to name my child U.S. Navy. Yep. Except, like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> quite. Except I didn't know how it was pronounced. Therefore, it was Navi. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Why not? Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. That was fun. It was fun. It had a lot of really fun moments, like yeah. with the Piragua guy being played by Lin <laughs> Manuel Miranda and um, Mr. Softy being played by Chris Jackson. I, I know. Was like, I was like, screamed. oh, <laughs> that was a fun little cameo. Yes. No, that was that was definitely an adorable cameo. I was like, oh, and what was it? I think like. There was a reason why why Lin Manuel Miranda decided not because he was playing Wasnavi when I was when I saw it on the stage, and I know that there was a reason he decided not to do it, but I'm not sure what it was. Um, I don't know what the reason is, but I'm assuming it's because he's not 
20 something anymore <laughs> or however or yeah that's fair I'm not sure he was when he saw him either <laughs> yeah, yeah but having having Chris Jackson and Lynn Manuel as like older characters when they had originated you know Usnavi and Benny on Broadway it was fun I enjoyed that yeah but yeah no, for, it was for sure at one point when Usnavi says like I'm almost 30 and then I was thinking about it I'm like later in the movie Benny is talking about how they would always hang out after school. I'm like, well, Vanessa is, and Benny are both clearly in their early 20s. So how can you be quote unquote, almost 30? Like if you're all the same age. So that was a little continuity plot hole. Yeah, I very much enjoyed it. I would watch it again, obviously, since I'm probably never going to be able to see the stage show again. Mm -hmm. But there were, given the choice between, if I had the choice to watch the musical or the the movie again and I would watch the musical again but video is much more accessible I think to a general audience it is much more accessible because there were certain things so for example if I'm not mistaken in the musical Vanessa is not just like leaving town to Mm -hmm. leaving um, the Washington Heights area to go pursue her dreams she's leaving because she has an overbearing mother and she needs to get away from her Mm. so there are definitely themes where I'm like hmm were were these removed to 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 appeal to a wider audience (laughs) I'm not sure yeah well they kept in one of the things that I apologize to anybody who's had to listen to me pronounce any Spanish ever because my pronunciation on anything is horrendous but they kept in a lot of the Spanish and I was like pretty accessible though for me as someone who doesn't really speak Spanish to like get the gist of what they're saying or kind of pick up on what's generally going on. So I definitely noticed that. And that was mostly untranslated. I think there was one or two lines where they threw in subtitles, but it was mostly like, you know, more or less what's going on here. And that's fine. And I was like, yeah, I do. I can continue. I I don't think I honestly noticed. (laughs) Fair enough. It was, they would like be talking and we found a Spanish word or like someone would say like something and I would just be like, okay, I, you know, I understand the context. So that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. There was one or two phrases I did look up because I was like, I wonder what this means precisely. Like, yeah, and it was, you know, something where it was like, what was it? In the scene where they were in the salon with the mm-hmm. nail salon and the hair salon, oh, yeah, yeah. they kept saying no me diga. And I was yes. like, oh, they didn't like, trend. Oh, I didn't realize that they never translated that. I don't think they ever translated that. And I was like, does that mean literally I, you don't say, or I don't say, or, and that was just something that I went and I looked up to be like for my own knowledge. But, you know, I mean, you get the context in the scene where they're doing the dancing and they're doing all that stuff. And I really actually enjoyed the scenes in the salon a lot. Those were, I think, my favorite. My two favorite sort of musical numbers are No Me Digas, so the scene in the salon. And the one where they're waving all the flags of the different countries. Mm, that yeah. was, good. That was yeah, good. Towards the end. They're basically all Daniela's scenes. Daniela is probably my favorite character of the, the, the salon owner who, who is leaving Manhattan for, for the Bronx. Just because, I don't know, I, I enjoyed the way she is sort of, she's the Greek chorus character, mm-hmm. basically, yeah. of the musical. But she is so colorful of herself, whereas I... I, I have a little less sympathy for the younger characters for the most part. <laughs> well, some of it's like, okay, you're 21, presumably 1920. And I'm like, oh, well, you'll, you'll get this figured out. Exactly. 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 One of the things I did notice in the nail salon was somebody was crocheting. Did you catch that? No, I didn't catch yeah, that. Oh, wait, no. Like- <laughs> 
Yeah, it was just one of the side characters who was like in the salon with them was just like had a little crochet hook and some yarn out. I was like, oh my God, I see you. <laughs> but, um, I think if there was one thing that I would knit inspired by this, I would actually probably knit a pretty plain, just like raglan sweater and then do a bunch of embroidery on it. Just like, oh, because they kept going back to those napkins that I had. The napkins, yeah. yeah. I was thinking something like a mantilla. So uh, sort of a, a very traditional, very fine lace shawl, mm-hmm. um, which is sort of completely contradictory to the whole idea of moving into the future. But mm-hmm. you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like the abuela, um, Claudia, was a mm-hmm. like very transitioner character where she was showing more as somebody who had grown up in Cuba and then had lived more of her life there and before coming to the States and had gone through that transition and found that transition a little harder than Mm -hmm. the younger characters, even the ones who like Usnavi were born not in the U.S. and had moved there as kids. Well, like Sunny's, I think it's much more explicit in the video than it was in the in the musical that, you know, Mm -hmm. Sunny is undocumented. But like the thing is, like he knew that he was never going to be able to get a driver's license. Yeah. yeah. But he still very firmly considers himself American. He's a he's a New Yorker. And he's, you know, as as Navi is dreaming of going back to the DR, Sonny's like, no, man, I was in Pampers. I don't remember the island life at all. (laughs) Exactly. Well, when they're in the uncle's apartment and. He's like, why do you think you pay him in cash? I literally gasped. I was like, oh, yeah. Oh my gosh. Right. So that right. That, that didn't, and none of that like would have occurred to me, mm-hmm. you know, like it, it would not have occurred to me at all. <laughs> no, it was, I think something that they put into the uh, movie that wasn't really in the musical very much. Yeah. And also, did you catch that that was Mark Anthony? Because I was like looking at the uncle. I'm like, I know this man's face. Who is this? No, I did not. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I did not catch that at all. Yeah. Someone once described Mark Antony as looking like a vampire, which he does, but that also translates very well to looking like a gentleman who's been sitting in his apartment for the last 10 years with a blinds drawn. And I was like, that looks, you, uh, yeah, okay. Because he, he looked rough. He looked rough. Yeah. No, he looked very rough. <laughs> I yeah. did not recognize him. My goodness. <laughs> Well, I was like looking at this man and I was like, I know this man's face. Who is this? Who is this? And I like pulled up my laptop. I was like, oh, it's Mark Antony. That was my moment of recognition there. So for you, mm-hmm. not not having, you know, seen the musical friend, what was most surprising to you about the about the movie, if anything? Because hmm. there was I, a lot of hype about it. Yeah, no, I had heard like very good things about the movie. I think I enjoyed the movie. I enjoyed it enough to rewatch parts of this this morning um, to just like remember, make sure that I had it all fresh in my memory. I think I thought I was going to enjoy it more, which sounds negative, but is not meant to say that it's a bad movie. I just thought it was just going to be something where I was like really enjoying it. And I think part of it is because last weekend or the weekend before it, um, my, my friend and I were down at Miss Pearl for knit afternoon and she was showing Encanto. And so I was watching Encanto again, which mm. like I had a lot of feelings about mm-hmm. and like, really enjoyed. So it was kind of in my back of my mind as a comparison between these two Lin-Manuel and Miranda musicals. And I liked Encanto more basically. <laughs> um, I think part of so that is what, yeah, <laughs> is what you're talking about where in an animated film, the singing feels a little bit more natural. I think might be part of it. I think part of it is just like, I always have a lot more feelings about family. So, Mm. and this was 
for the most part, not a musical that was about family, although there was the storylines between Nina and her father and what he wanted for her versus the experiences that she was having with like racism in college and like him wanting her to still push on her being, I don't know if I can do this, but it was mostly about the peer relationships between these four people and somewhat um, between, you know, them and their elders, but they didn't get as much into like the family stuff. Yeah, I think that was part of it for me. Um, There was a really bleak moment though. And this was, okay, so Abuela dies, which is obviously sad, but like, I was also just sitting there like looking at my television and just thinking about like global warming and like our aging infrastructure. And I was just like, oh no, this is just going to happen. This is going to happen a lot in the next period of time. And I was like, I think I have a little bit of a personal moment where I was like, this is, this is for me personally, just kind of bleak. And it's not something that the movie is necessarily drawing an explicit comparison between those two things. But it made me think about like the Oregon heat waves of the summer and like how people died during those and how that's going to be more and more common. And I was just like, in a place, I think for like in the next probably about 15 minutes after that, which affected how I was watching the uh, musical. Yeah, yeah. Cause I mean, like a three day, what was it? It was a three day blackout, right? For them? It was an extended blackout. Yeah. yeah. That that was not uncommon when I was growing up for, for us to have, like not have power for a couple of days or to only have power for a couple of hours each day. But in most parts of the United States, that's unheard of. I mean, like that happened in New York during like the Hurricane Sandy's like mm-hmm. episodes and such, or normally in the US that only happens in times of catastrophe for the most part. Well, I was thinking about the 2003 blackout, which mm-hmm. was um, like basically the Northeast US because some sort of like transformer overloaded and the US including New York City uh, was without power for like at least 24 hours. And I was in the, I was living in the suburbs at that point. And we were like without power for 24 hours. And that was like mm-hmm. definitely very notable and something very like that sticks out of my mind whenever somebody's like New York City blackout, I'm always going to flash back to that. Even though apparently um, Lin-Manuel Miranda wrote this back in 1999. So it would have been before that, but there before had that, been, yeah. you know, a, a previous blackout a couple of years before that. So yeah, it's not very common, but it is something that I think as it's getting hotter and as we're facing more of those might happen more frequently. I mean, that was a that was a big issue in California when I was living there because there are many many places, including the apartment in which I lived, mm-hmm. that don't have AC. Oh wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, our our apartment never had AC. It wasn't even built into the building. <laughs> so none of the apart, like I lived in an apartment building and none of us had AC. Mm-hmm. Yep. So yeah, there, there were wellness calls going around to, to the elderly in Milpitas, et cetera. Even in the setting of not being a blackout, mm-hmm. you, if it was 103 out and someone yeah. didn't have AC. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, obviously the, song that keeps going we are powerless we are powerless is a reference to being literally sans power on one hand but also kind of the broader feeling of like how do we address that our community isn't getting what it needs right in order to like upgrade that infrastructure in order to make sure that people have that ac or have those sort of wellness checks so that people who are more fragile like older people aren't having those issues right for sure that was kind of a 
grim path that we went down for yeah. a, a little bit. Yes. <laughs> I mean, admittedly, it was a very, very dark, mm, no pun intended, it was a very dark <laughs> point of the movie. Sure. And then the end of the movie was interesting because I, I understood where Vanessa Nusnavi were. Like, I'm like, okay, these people have decided to stay in the Heights and like build this life together, basically, even though she lives downtown, she's going to like be part of the store and they're romantically involved. Um, and then I was a little bit less clear with Betty and Nina where I'm like, I think they're, I think he's moving out to California with her. That was kind mm-hmm. of my takeaway was he was, yeah. he didn't have a job. So he was like, all right, why not? Yeah, that, that was my understanding as well, that, that he was going to be leaving. My understanding too, was that, that like that scene at the end is supposed to be like many years in the future. Oh, yeah. When they go it's supposed the- to be like a decade in the future or something like that, that he's telling the story. Oh yeah, no. I mean, he, they yeah, are yeah. married with a child, so that yeah, like yeah, makes yeah. sense. I thought you meant like when they were dancing on the side of the. the oh no no no! Like, <laughs> I thought it was later that summer. No no no! You you are correct. <laughs> and then I did enjoy the little cameo by the child who saw them dancing by. I was like, oh my god! That was a fun <laughs> little nod. Yeah. No, it was it was very cute. It was very it was a well built movie. Though sadly, I can see why it, I can also sort of see why it did not do well at the box office in a very different way from, because I think they were hoping to appeal to sort of a Disney-fied audience, Mm -hmm. I think. And I agree with you that there is something about the way animated musicals like appeal to the rewatchability of it that I don't think In the Heights necessarily has. Yeah. I mean, I also think that probably releasing it while COVID was still kind of a thing was like, because it was, you know, summer 2021 and all of us were like, like, personally, I was like, do I go outside and watch this? Do I not? Where do we feel? How are things going? And like, I've seen one movie in theaters in the past two, possibly three years, and it didn't end up being this one. No, I can, I can see that too. it is sad that it did not do well in the theaters, but I, I'm from for a multitude of reasons, I'm not surprised it didn't. Yeah. No, and it didn't. It did seem to get like pretty good critical acclaim when I was looking at their Wikipedia page. Like it did pretty well. Um, it, there was some criticism around the lack of Afro Latino uh, characters and how there were not any of the main cast uh, who were Afro Latino, but otherwise people seem to have pretty good responses to it. I know most of the people who I went, who I knew who went and see it really enjoyed it and really had a fun time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. For the uh, songs that did not make it into the movie, did you, I know you said you noticed them. Did you miss them? I didn't miss them because I didn't find the soundtrack to be as earwormy as I did, for example, the Hamilton soundtrack or mm. the Encanto soundtrack for that mm. matter. Sure. Um, so like those are soundtracks I have, I have basically the entire soundtrack memorized. Um, whereas and I never really felt that urge <laughs> with, within the height. So I, I would have liked more music, but I think more music would have bogged down sort of the flow of the story. Kind so of. I didn't miss it and I didn't feel their lack, if that makes sense. Gotcha, gotcha. It's funny because definitely watching this, you could see some of the places where you're like oh I can see that this is definitely the same person who wrote Hamilton mm-hmm. like I can, oh, yeah. there's definitely some scenes with like when they were at the bar I was like oh yeah I, I know this scene yeah mm-hmm. so it's it's interesting to see 
over somebody's career, how things grow and change and what kind of motifs they come back to and, and what motifs that they do differently. As far as the, the original like Broadway show goes, though, I mean, I believe he won a Tony for it. That sounds right. Yeah. For the musical, not not for I don't think for his role in the musical, mm-hmm. but for the musical itself. And I can especially at the time when In the Heights came out, compared to everything else that was on Broadway at that time or mm-hmm. just before, it was it was completely revolutionary at that time. Wow. Like this whole idea of, you know, the the last story that had sort of dealt with these sorts of issues were was West Side Story. And West Side Story is like 60 years old. Yeah. It, it and West Side Story focuses a lot less on the nature. Like West Side Story is basically Romeo and Juliet yeah. with like a thin film of other culture on top of yeah. it. Whereas this is very much centered on the 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 immigrant experience and mm-hmm. the living in this primarily immigrant neighborhood of, of New York. And that's it was very much not something that was dealt with in musicals. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that is some that is something that has that is addressed more in films these days mm-hmm. even if this is probably the even the if the musical aspect of it is is pretty is still pretty unique mm-hmm. I have not seen it on like I said in musical form and I'm wondering if I guess because it didn't do pretty well in the box office I don't know if they'll try and revive it on Broadway but at one point I think there was some discussion of that happening or at least doing oh. a touring company of it yeah, yeah. It's interesting. I always like to see how things change. And it's interesting to think how things are like updated because that they you know they put in the whole dreamers storyline because that wasn't like a thing circa like 2009, 2010 when this came out. Mm-hmm. So, and it's also in a lot of ways, it's interesting because this is a very New York musical. Mm-hmm. So now we've seen we've done two musicals on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Both of them were incredibly New York because it was Newsies and it's this. Oh, you're right. Though I feel, I'm trying to think of what other musicals there are that focus very exclusively on being in a location. I'm sure there are. I mean, there's, I'm like now trying to be like, what musicals do I know in life? Because <laughs> um, if you think about it, even Hamilton is, Hamilton is very much New York. It is. It is. Yeah. That's, that's part of the whole, that's part of the whole deal, right? Oh, wait, I've <laughs> thought of the, the capital. I thought of a counterexample, Chicago, which is actually called ah. Chicago. <laughs> that is it. true, but know. most of that takes place in a jail. Listen, <laughs> listen, it's called Chicago. It's called it. <laughs> the, I do think that the, one of the things about Broadway being such an institution and being like the place where you premiere things is that it is a very New York-centered industry. It's true. So. Like, have you ever seen Avenue Q? I have heard one or two songs from it, but I have not seen it. But is that right. also well, set in New York? Oh, well, and so is Rent, come to think. Oh, yeah. Um, true. yeah. True. Oh, yes. No, Avenue Q is set on in Avenue Q. So, well, the fictional location of <laughs> Avenue Q. Um, but yeah, now I'm trying to think about any any musicals that are like localized to like with very specific, you know, location cues to other mm-hmm. places. And I cannot think of any. Well, Jersey or like Boys, other other specific cities in the United States, I guess. That's fair. Jersey Boys is presumably set in New Jersey. I've never seen it, so that could be a lie. But that sounds like it should be in New Jersey predominantly. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe I have seen it, but I don't recall. <laughs> yeah. 
And I'm just like sitting here, I'm like, what other things? Have I ever seen a musical in my entire life? No. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll think on it. I'm sure as soon as yeah. we turn off this recording, both of us will be like, here's 30 musicals that are set in places that are very specific that are in New York. Yes, so. that is exactly what's going to happen. Oh, John Crawford in Argentina. Avita. Oh, you're right. That's yeah, true. That's you, you are correct. Avita is very much not set in New York. <laughs> About Argentina. I've also never seen that musical, but I do know that song. Oh, <laughs> you know what also is extremely not set in New York? Les Mis. You know what? That's that's fair. Yeah. You are you are you are very correct. That is not set in <laughs> that is not set in New York. Not set in New York. We'll think of a bunch like next We will. We will think of a bunch hour. of them. And be like yeah. all these all these musicals none of them yes. set in New York so yeah I'm sure there are people who are right now listening to this being like you fools yeah <laughs> and I'm like well imagine if my brain worked wouldn't that be exciting <laughs> so with the combination of the brioche hat and Carba were those mm-hmm. good combos for this movie the brioche hat was a good combo because I was already very well established into the pattern. Mm-hmm. Um, the beginning of the carbeth was a good match because it's just stocking at a rib. The setting up of the sleeves where I was knitting two sleeves at the same time on magic loop, just mm-hmm. the setup of that normally takes about 30 minutes just all on its own mm-hmm. and requires a lot of fiddling. And that was not a good match for the, for the movie. I ended up pausing the movie, finishing that, rewinding a bit and then rewatching that bit because I felt like I had even with the songs going in the background I felt like I had missed too much that's fair yeah for the bubble up towel I was just sewing in the end so I was just sewing it down which so, well, that was pretty mindless and that was you know look down look up look down look up and then for the spinning that I don't really have to look at so that was also I think a good combo I think having being able to like the spectacle of it was really nice to like watch and enjoy that visually but because so much of it was sung you Mm -hmm. can still kind of look away and catch a lot of what's going on Mm -hmm. because it's just like okay this is spectacle and it's not necessarily plot it's true it's true it was lovely spectacle though it was great spectacle they did a great job with the visuals of it and with the dancing um, Mm -hmm. and having those big ensemble dance movies Mm -hmm. was la la land a musical before it became a movie i don't know i don't I have not seen it, so I can't, I don't think I've seen, I haven't seen the movie. I don't know if it was ever a musical. That is set in LA though. Oh, I have not seen either of those. So (laughs) if it it was a musical, I was not aware. We shall have to figure this out. We'll do some post, post podcast Googling. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, next month, because we've just received the second season of Bridgerton from Netflix, we are going to do a follow-up to one of our earlier podcasts and learn about Uh, Anthony Bridgerton, aka my least favorite Bridgerton of them all. (laughs) (laughs) All right. See you next month. Bye. Bye.